Have you struggled to get everything done? Have you looked for every trick to be more productive? How much do you really understand about how productivity really works? This is Crushing the Clock, a podcast where we explore the nature of productivity so you can actually get back your time and energy, making a difference in both your personal and professional lives. People spend a lot of time on a million different things every day. But the real question is, do all of these things matter? Are we time blocking these things on our calendar because they're actually important? Are we doing all of these things so that we can be able to stay on track toward our goal? Now, the answer to all these is probably a yes, but there is probably a lot of things that we are going around and we're juggling a lot of the same things over and over, but we're not actually making progress on any of them because our focus is so spread out. So today we're joined by Michelle Prince. She's a writer and motivational speaker who owns a publishing company. She also works with business owners, leaders, entrepreneurs, founders, and help them be able to get people's stories onto paper and actually make a difference. She joins the podcast today to be able to talk about how to start getting things done, not just doing a lot of things, but actually finishing them, getting them to the state of being done. And so specifically, we're going to look at delineating ourselves from the concept of busyness and focusing on productivity. And then we'll look at some tips also to be able to make some resets. Now, as you jump into this conversation, Michelle's going to explain a little bit more about what she actually does. That'll help set up the conversation for us to stop being busy and to start actually getting things done. Now, here's Michelle. I own a publishing company and we help people to get their story out of their head onto paper. Primarily, we work with business owners, leaders, entrepreneurs, founders that want to use their story to really build authority, build a platform, make a difference, that kind of thing. So that's one side of the business. But I also have a speaking and training business that my background is working with Zig Ziglar right out of college, but I still do a lot with the organization. And so I will go into companies and do training on personal development, professional development, leadership, personality styles, communication, things like that. So those are the two sides of the same business. Excellent. Anyone that's listening to this, they've at least heard of Zig Ziglar and have at least been familiar with several quotes, if not having gone through the books and trainings and things like that. So hopefully there'll be a lot of great interconnectivity as a result of that. Now, you've also written several books, but specifically one book you wrote called Busy Busy Being Busy but not getting anything done. That obviously really spoke to me as to the connection to this podcast on productivity, because there's a lot of times that we find ourselves getting busy and that's kind of like the default answer when someone asks, how's everything going? Well, it's been busy. And (laughs) we just kind of have that as a thing. And maybe it's an American culture kind of thing where a badge of honor because, oh, I'm busy, therefore I'm being productive, but that's not always true. No. And in fact, that's funny because that's exactly how the title came about. When I wrote that book, it was my second book, actually. And after my first book, that's when my business opened up of speaking and consulting and things like that. And I was still working a full-time software sales job when I wrote my first book because I had no intention to build a business out of it. I was just writing a book. 
And then that changed. But the reason I started really studying procrastination, time management is because I was trying to get more time for myself because I was juggling kids and business and family. So when I was writing the book, it was more for myself. And then the title came about because literally every person I would meet, you know, or run into like, hey, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, it's so busy. Like you said, we wear it as a badge of honor. And the term just came out, well, are you busy being busy? Or are you getting anything done? <laughs> and so that's really where that came from, because I could relate to it at the time. And it's just all about really focusing in on not necessarily time management, but life management. What are you working on? And are you moving the needle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know one of the things that specific about the book that I saw in here was about juggling. And I know that's not talking about like a clown that's tossing bowling <laughs> pins in the air or whatever, but we all do that. We juggle all kinds of different things in our life. So how has that shown up in your life and how have you seen some of the principles you talk about being able to help other people? So when I was younger, I would have told you that I was at my best, the busier that I was. And I really believed it. I really believed that the more I had on my plate, the more productive I was. But the reality was I was busy and I was doing lots of different things, but I was you know, just what do you do when you're juggling? All the balls are in the air. You're touching a ball for just a second. So your family, your career, your physical health, your spiritual life, you know, all of the different components of our lives, they're all up in the air and you spend just a tiny bit of time on them, but you don't actually give it the attention it needs. And so for me, I realize that juggling, it's not a good thing. And will you ever have perfect balance? No, probably not. But you definitely will be able to, you know, the more you focus in on, well, what are the most important things right now and take the time for them rather than just throwing them up in the air and hoping they all get done. So how can someone get started trying to get that under control? One of the things I love to teach comes from Zig Ziglar, and this is something he's had for years called the Wheel of Life. And the Wheel of Life is just a visual representation of who you are, and you're in the center of it, and it's like spokes of the wheel coming out. And each spoke is a part of who you are. So you're, you have a career life, you have a personal life, you have a family life, a career, you have a spiritual life, a physical, and so on and so forth. And what you do is you take a look at that. That's not who you are, but it's a snapshot of where are you right now. And when you go through and you rate yourself from one to 10, how you're doing in one area. So for my career, how am I doing? Things are good. I might be an eight, but my maybe I'm not working out or eating right or I'm always higher. So maybe my physical health, I would rate a three. And you go around the whole wheel and mark where you are honestly, and then connect the dots. Because what it shows you is a picture of your wheel. And a lot of times, you know, we have the ups and downs and not be in balance. We have a pretty bumpy ride. So that's where people should start. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's funny because when I do a lot of corporate training and on productivity, it's as if everyone thinks I'm going to be able to magically give them more than 24 hours. But, you know, the reality is, is we all have the same amount of time. Some people are so incredibly productive and others are wasting it. And I think it boils back down to the priorities. What are you putting into your calendar first? I'm a huge believer in time blocking. I love to block off calendar for specific tasks and block everything else off. You know, put your phone away, put your computer email down and just work on one thing. But unless you know what you should be working on, on the important things and getting those in your calendar first, it's going to be really hard to be fulfilled and happy as well as productive. Mm -hmm. And that goes to the principle that probably most everybody listening to this is probably already familiar with as far as like having that jar. And then there's the big rocks, big rocks. the little pebbles and the sand and all that. Putting those big rocks in, like you said, getting those first. 
to be able to make sure that you have that. But then you talked about like protecting that time as well. And so turning off the distractions and things like that, I assume that also means like communicating with those that are around you. And a lot of people are kind of quote unquote getting back to normal. Now, a long time, a lot of people were working from home and people that work from home that didn't do that before. And they have kids and other people and animals and things like that around them. And so being able to protect that time got a little more difficult, but yes, but yeah, that's definitely an important thing to do though. Yeah. Boundaries are so key and it's, it's beyond just like you said, protecting you from distractions, but it's also communicating what is important. Now, I do think there are different things, you know, with a little young child and they need you. I mean, especially with post-COVID, we are in a different world. But a lot of times people are so busy because they don't say no or they allow people to interrupt their time. And so I always recommend setting boundaries. And it could be as simple as somebody comes into your office or your cubicle or your home office and says, hey, can I ask you a quick question or, or I need you for just a minute? There is absolutely nothing wrong with saying, absolutely, I'm happy to help. However, I'm working on something for the next 30 minutes. Can this wait? Nine out of 10 times it can wait. But many of us, and I'm speaking for myself here, are so, we just want to jump to help. And, And in doing so, yes, you may be helping others, but to get back in the groove of what you were working on is going to take you probably 10 times longer than if you just focus for the next 30 minutes. And unless someone's bleeding or, you know, it's a huge emergency, Most of the time, it can wait. And there's a quote I've said for years is people will respect you to the exact degree you respect yourself. And that goes with our time. People will respect your time to the exact degree you respect your own time. So if you're responding to emails at one o'clock in the morning, people are going to expect you to do that going forward. If you drop everything for them to answer a question when you're in the middle of something, well, you're setting the boundary that it's okay to do that. So you have to be the one in control of that. Yeah, that that can be so hard sometimes. Yes. But yeah. Another thought that I had as you were saying that was, I know for me, but I'm asking you if you get those times where you have it blocked off and you get in there and then your brain becomes the distraction because you can't isolate yourself from your brain. What are some things that you've done to be able to kind of get yourself refocused so you can be able to focus on what you said you're going to focus on? Yeah, I think the key is the amount of time you block off. Many times, and I did this in the beginning, I thought, okay, I'm going to spend the whole half a day. I'm just going to work on you know writing this book, or I'm just going to do this, this proposal or that PowerPoint. And inevitably, you will get distracted. And there are things that need your attention. So it's more important to set them in small increments, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. There's a reason why in school the classes are only 50 minutes in most cases. It's because you can only keep your attention for so long. So I like 30 minute, 45 minute blocks, no more than an hour. And then also scheduling some reactive time. So if you are going to be focused on, you know, say a project for 45 minutes, you have to know when you're done, you're going to have emails waiting for you. You're going to have people waiting for you. You're going to have text messages. So giving yourself maybe that 15 minute buffer before you schedule anything else is equally as important as scheduling the task, reactive Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, that's a good thing there. And actually thinking of that, I remember I don't currently do this now or I don't work with this company in this capacity, but I worked with a team remotely and we would schedule meetings periodically. We call it meeting, but a lot of times it was like work sessions or whatever, but it was all done remotely through Zoom. So everything was quote unquote, a meeting. But anyway, in that process, I can't remember exactly how I came across this, but in Google Calendar, a lot of times the default is like 15, 30, 45, an hour, but you can change the time to where you can have, instead of a 30 minute meeting, you can have a 25 minute meeting and it builds in a five minute buffer. Just kind of create a little bit of space so you can have a 50 minute meeting instead of an hour. 
Oh, I like that. You can preset that. So you just reminded me of that in there. And so we started doing that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a fun little trick. But yeah, so I can't remember all the details of that, but I know you can go into the settings and be able to change something. Obviously, schedule something, you can manually yeah. adjust that, but you can set it to where it's like a preset to where it automatically by default goes to that. I like that. Yeah, that could be a good thing. So mm-hmm. good reminder. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we have all these things that we're juggling. We try to be able to get these things to where we can be able to focus, stop putting things off. Now, one of the things that I know as well is that you have three principles that you teach that help people to become more productive and that leads to greater success in life and things like that too. So what are those three principles? Well, it starts with passion. I'm a big believer that it's passion, purpose, priorities really is what it boils down to. And what does this have to do with getting things done? Well, first of all, all of us are here, I believe, for a purpose and for a reason. And your passion is one of the first things to look at because it's a clue. It's usually a clue to something that you are part of your purpose. You're not going to have a purpose in life that you hate, (laughs) you know, so chances are good. It's going to be something that excites you that you're good at. So when you have your purpose or the reason that it's important to know your purpose is we can all and I'm guilty of this too, do things without really taking time to really consider, is this getting me closer to my purpose or farther away from it? And this could be your purpose in your career, your purpose with your family, purpose with your, you know, your personal life. But, you know, when you don't really know what you want, it makes no difference which road you take, right? So the purpose part is letting you know what your priorities are. So you can't know your priorities, though, if you don't know your purpose. Purpose is what shows you what you need to be doing on every and any given day at any time. You don't waste time when you know your purpose. You don't scroll through social media for hours on end if you know your purpose is to write a book or to create a course or to, you know, whatever it is, build a, build a business or a ministry, whatever. So the purpose is key to allowing you to prioritize because without it, it's just really hard. You just go where the day takes you. And then of course, the prioritizing is all about what, you know, busy being busy is about and time management and life management and big rocks and starting there. But those all go together. And there's actually my principles I've expanded since I wrote that book because I have the principles of success. But it goes beyond that because I do believe passion leads to purpose because passion will show you the clues to your purpose. Purpose will give you clarity on your priorities because you really can't get anything accomplished if you don't know your priorities. But when you know your priorities and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, that's when your performance picks up. That's when you're doing things, you're excelling, you're excelling in your career, you're excelling at whatever you're working on, which leads then to a platform. People want to know when you are performing at a level that is really extraordinary, people want to know what you're doing. People want to ask you, you know, hey, how can I do that? And so when you, but you can't get a platform if you haven't performed well, and you can't perform well if you don't know your priorities, and you certainly don't know your priorities if you have no passion or purpose. So passion leads to purpose, purpose leads to priorities, priorities gives you the ability to perform, and the performance allows you to have a platform, which then brings you to the last two Ps is when you have a platform like you do, you have a podcast, that's your platform. You have the ability to share what you know with other people, to speak life into other people. And when you do that, that's when you have a prosperous life. So prosperity is the next P, and then which leads to a life of peace. And so the peace, the prosperity comes as a result of making a difference. And you make a difference when you have a platform. And then platform comes from performance, performance, priorities, priorities, purpose, passion. And so those are the priorities. Those are the principles of success. That's very true. I know I've heard something similar to that in a different fashion. 
Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I love alliteration, so that makes it easy for remembering to be able to do that. So that's definitely a good thing there. But that is definitely so true that starting with the passion and the purpose and getting that stuff figured out first, but that's also the more difficult part for at least some people because there are some of us that we just want to jump in and get to doing whatever needs to be done and we don't take the time or want to take the time to step back and seemingly slow down to be able to do this evaluation part. Yeah. And I think that's probably a very difficult thing for some people. Especially business owner. It's that whole adage of you need to be working on the business, not in the business. But it's just so easy to work in the business because that's what you know. And so to take a step back, I think we all just need that reminder, you know. Yeah. And it's easy when you're not in the midst of whatever, a crisis or a situation to be able to say that. But a lot of times you get in the moment and all of a sudden all that kind of leaves your brain. And it's like, oh, let's jump in, grab the hose, put out this fire. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Instead of evaluating all the different pieces. And I guess that would bring a lot more clarity. I can't remember if you specifically said that, but it gives us clarity as we're going through to be able to decide what we need to work on and how we need to work on it. And that helps us be able to do that. How are we able to, or what are some ways that you've seen to be able to overcome procrastination other than, I mean, we've talked about some different things like, like here's a pathway, Mm -hmm. here's, here's how we can be able to structure things. And procrastination can be a problem also. Yes. In this. Yeah. The first thing is, I mean, most people procrastinate, but chances are good that you're procrastinating on the things that are going to make you happier, healthier, more money, more, you know, better relationships. We tend to procrastinate on the things that really matter. And, you know, checking email, checking Facebook doesn't seem to, or Instagram, <laughs> we have time for that, but we don't have time to do the big thing. So I think part of that is identifying why are you procrastinating? Because there are a lot of different reasons. What I've seen is obviously fear is a big one. Fear of, oh my gosh, what if I, I'll use a book as an example, because I know that world well. So let's say you want to write a book and you make it a goal to do it, but then you just never do it. It just keeps going and going and going. Well, chances are, it's, if it's tied to fear, it's probably, well, what if I do this? And if it's a flop, what if, you know, who do I think I am and all of that? So, or it could be a fear of success. Well, what if I do this? And oh my gosh, it creates all these opportunities. So I see fear being one of the biggest drivers, but also, you know, it could be other things. Maybe there is a legitimate reason for not being able to focus, but at the end of the day, it's, you can't overcome anything unless you know what it is. So getting real with yourself, why are you really procrastinating on this? If it's something that is not really meaningful and purposeful for you, then should it even be on your list of things to accomplish? Because you should should have the passion in anything you do in life when you have passion tied to it will push you. You don't have to pull it. So that's one of the first things is figuring out what's holding you back, why. And then I always suggest for people to go back and you know dust off their dreams and maybe for the first time in a long time dream. I see with folks setting goals, a lot of us set goals based on what we think is possible. Honestly, you know, like, okay, I'm going to set this goal to make this much per this year. Well, chances are it's just a little bit of a stretch from where you are. So why not just take the blinders off and allow yourself to dream? What would you do if you could do anything? What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? What would you do if you had all the time and all the money in the world? You know, maybe it's what you're doing, but if not, then focus on that. Because honestly, you're not going to overcome procrastination unless you have something that's really, really important to you to accomplish. And then, you know, there's other pieces to it, but at the end of the day, 
I think we should just start looking at life as, you know, we all have an expiration date. We don't know what that date's going to be. And thinking and being honest with yourself at the end of your life, what is something that you will be very disappointed that, you know, you're on your deathbed and you didn't accomplish? Maybe it's taking that trip or maybe it's writing that book or building the business, whatever. But it's life's too short to go by. And But it starts with figuring out, well, what do you really want personally and professionally? Yeah. Yeah, that does. That clarity thing <laughs> you yeah. talked about. Right. Yeah. When you get clear on those things, it's that much easier to be able to make those decisions. And another thing I like doing is being able to take principles from a lot of different books and things like that. And so I'm seeing a lot of overlap with like the one thing and yes. essentialism and things like that and really figuring out what is it that's important? What is it that we need to do? And, and then being able to prioritize that and then getting back to what you were talking about, okay, putting this on the calendar and time blocking it and protecting it and getting those important things done so that you can be able to actually make progress. Yeah. Because actually the new book from Greg McEwen, Effortless, uh, talks about once you get those things figured out, then how do you make those important things easier, mm-hmm. even to the point of potentially being effortless to where it's not even exerting energy or, or very little energy obviously everything exerts some sort of energy but yeah being able to really get to that point mm-hmm. as well yeah i'll have to check that out i haven't read that book but that sounds oh, great it's, it's good <laughs> yeah yeah it's excellent and so i would definitely recommend it greg McEwen is on my list of guests i really want to get on the show so oh. <laughs> so hopefully we could be able to get that yes absolutely <laughs> maybe getting it a little bit more personal than with you because as you described earlier what it is you do you have several different things going on so in your personal life right now how does that look like as you try to juggle but not juggle I don't know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) be able to get, get all those things in priority and be able to focus and keep things organized or whatever in a fashion to where you can be able to make sure that things are getting, are progressing in each of those different areas the way that they're supposed to. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think an endless cycle, no matter what, just knowing what to do doesn't mean you always do it. So I think it is taking that inventory of like, okay, how am I doing? I attend a conference every quarter that helps me to get back in my frame of mind. Like, okay, what were my big rocks? What were the big things that I wanted to tackle this quarter? Did I do them? Where am I? I do believe though, it's as much as we need to set goals and hold ourselves to that standard. Also being okay with adjusting maybe you're not going to hit everything in the time period you thought, but don't just give up on the goal because you didn't hit it, you know, readjust, readjust, readjust. But for myself personally, you know, I am a big planner. And so I schedule everything in my calendar, even just things that aren't even a a meeting. Anything that I need to get done, I'll put it in my calendar because I know I will live and die by my calendar. Something I do too, that may be helpful for listeners is I block off my golden hours, what I call my golden hours. Everybody has a time of the day that they are the most productive, the most creative, the most in their zone. And for some people, it could be immediately when they wake up. For others, it could be at the lunch hour or some that's at night. But figuring out what those hours are and then protecting them at all costs. So for me, it's not right when I first get up. It's not, you know, five, six or whatever time I get up. I need coffee at that point. But my golden hours are for sure between seven and nine. Really, I would love it to be between seven and 10, but that makes it a little bit harder. That's when I am like, if I'm going to be writing, if I'm going to be creating anything, that's when I do it. And I block it out of my calendar. And as best as I can, I don't schedule any meetings during those hours for myself. And sometimes it's more to just get caught up. Other times it could be, like I said, doing some writing or creative time, but 
that's how I do it. I live and die by the calendar. I time block and I do my best to have boundaries and put my priorities first, family, work, you know, spiritual life, those kinds of things. Yeah, I definitely understand like adding all the other little things. I don't do it anymore, but I used to even like go back. So it's like I have my calendar, like mm -hmm. this is what my day's supposed to look like. And then as I go through my day or after the day, I'll actually adjust everything. It's like, okay, well, this didn't take two hours. This was only an hour and a half. And I ended up having to do this and I would adjust it. And then I would then take that information like at the end of the week or every once in a while, look back and see, okay, how did I actually use my time? Yeah. That's smart. I like that. And you probably realize by doing that, you're accomplishing way more than you think you are. I see that too with with people with time management. We have so much guilt about what we don't get accomplished. <laughs> so that's actually an activity I've had some of my coaching clients do is go back, especially when they're feeling discouraged or something, go back over the last year and write down everything that you did, everything you created from maybe you started a website or maybe you did this or that. Write it all down and you'll be amazed that you do so much more than you give yourself credit for. You know, so I love that you do that. That's great. Yeah, it also helps bring to light. You're probably not spending as much time on those things as you thought. Yeah. And then it also brings to light the other things that you're not even thinking about. It's like, oh, yeah, I need to take the kids to do this or mm -hmm. take time to do this part. It's not just eating the lunch. There's, okay, what do I need to do to prepare for that? And yes. So all these little things that you don't always think about. But when you start to like reflect over, okay, what did you actually do? And it's like, okay, I scheduled this for this time period. And then, but it was actually this. And I did this in the remainder of that time or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, clarity. <laughs> yeah. So man, this brings back a lot of remembrances of things I used to do that I don't do anymore. Yes. That I did find helpful in the past. And it would be good to get back to some of those things. And maybe that's a good reminder for anyone that listens to this is that a lot of times we know what we're supposed to do or what we should do because we used to do it or we heard about it. But for some reason, we're not doing it or we stopped doing it. And it's going to take a little bit of time to hit the reset button and like, all right, let's start now. So this was a really great conversation. I'm glad that we were able to make this happen. So as we wrap up, is there any last words that you would like to say? You know, as it comes back to time management, again, I do believe it's more about life management, but to also just be true to yourself. And if anyone has listened, has lost anyone in their life, like we have in our family, you just realize really quickly how short life is. And it's the things that we really spend a lot of energy and stress and time on. Do they really matter? So I would just say, get clear on the things, those big rocks, and what do you really want? And then just find the time. If you can find the time to go to the doctor, you can find the time to work on a goal, you know? So, but unless it's in your calendar, it's probably not going to happen. So get it scheduled. Well, excellent. So if anyone wants to get a hold of you or what you do, what would be the best way for them to be able to do that? So michelleprince.com is uh, my website. And I'm also on social media, Instagram, Facebook under Michelle Prince. And I would love to stay in touch. Well, excellent. Thank you very much. We'll make sure to have links to all of those in the show notes as well to make it easy so they can be able to just swipe over in the podcast app, whichever one you're using, usually swipe one way or the other and be able to get that. <laughs> so thanks for having me. Make sure to follow or subscribe to this podcast in your podcast player of choice so you don't miss an episode. If you have any questions or comments or you want more productivity resources, visit crushingtheclock.com. I would love to hear from you. And I'll catch you on the next episode of Crushing the Clock.